0: The loofah you bought me was so small, I could only wash one testicle at a time. Life is too short to be washing only one ball at a time. Can you buy us bigger loofahs?
1: You could buy the loofahs.
0: This is a quality of life thing.
1: You could buy the loofahs.
0: I'm not the one that does the Target shopping. You could be. So... Hmm. Interesting. Um, In my other relationship, previous, I think two, I guess two, maybe two relationships before you, one or two before you, um, I had. Well, I didn't have. We 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 did a lot of work together, right? And um, one of the lessons that I learned. When it comes to working with your partners, you got to be careful uh, because someone can uh, hold in anger or resentment. I realized at toward the end of the relationship that she was um, a bit resentful for doing a lot of creative work for me because she was an artist, um, and she never expressed that. So one of the things with us that I wanted to talk about was – um, making sure that we have a flowing dialogue when it comes to work and money. And I think this is something that, uh, I mean, many, I mean, every couple goes through, through, right. So maybe it's something we can talk about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I know it looks, it looks different for everybody, right. Because not everyone obviously is like a entrepreneur, stay at home, work from home kind of person, but, um, I know that money is a obviously we know as therapists, as couples therapists, it's it's one of the biggest reasons people divorce. So obviously it is a fight and an argument out there.
0: Just real quick, if I was to buy the loofahs, they would probably be too big and expensive and then you would have a problem with that. They would be like the size of a um, um, uh, like a little a raft that you would sit that you would sit in on in a pool.
1: I wouldn't have a problem with that. Okay. If, if you bought the loofahs, if you bought them without me having to tell you to buy them, I would actually enjoy that.
0: Well, get ready for some big ass loofahs that may be <laughs> like $30 a piece. And I don't want you to be here complaining about oh, we spent too much money on loofahs. <laughs> I have proof now that you said I can buy the loofahs.
1: Go for it. Buy the loofahs.
0: Okay. So for you, let's talk about this. You know, In your relationships, has um, love and money been an issue? Uh, look, there's so many different dynamics to this, right? So, like, yeah. have you? I mean, it doesn't seem like you've actually worked with your partner. Um, usually, your partner, your boyfriends, have done their own thing, correct? Yeah, and like, no,
1: we've never worked together. Before. Right,
0: and so this is a new experience for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my first long-term relationship um, with my college boyfriend. There was some issues with money that came up later because um, we had just graduated and I was making more money than he was. Um, mm-hmm. And I was bartending at the time. And later on, like years later, he told me that he, one of the issues towards the end of our relationship that he had a really hard time with was how much more money I was making than him. He was working full time and I was bartending. And, and, you know, essentially it was like this whole emasculation thing and he never talked to me about it and blah, blah, blah. We know how that story goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could relate to that. So when I was married, I was a starving artist. I was writing screenplays, and I, I did make a little money, but it was it wasn't nearly uh, what she was bringing in. Um, and so she was paying all the bills, and I think that uh, definitely uh, contributed to me feeling uh, less than, and then also uh, desperate, um, you know, unhappy. Just, just. Being in a state of constantly like the visual I see is, you know, climbing up a a, a well, trying to get out of this like dark, slippery well. And part of that was because um, I didn't I wasn't making any money, you know, Um, and that directly impacts the relationship. And we never had a conversation about it. But yeah, I mean, if she said to me and I'll bet you there's a part of her that felt resentful that, you know, I I think she wanted to be supportive with uh, whatever I was passionate about, but at the same time, there must have been a part of her that wanted to say, "Go and get a real job." We're married yeah. now, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I I wonder too is like how much of this dynamic is so ingrained in us from this patriarchal society that we all you know have come up in um, because. It seems to me that when I hear this story in the similar way, given it's usually the man that feels less than when he's not making more money. And I think statistically now, actually the female being the breadwinner, I mean, we're talking heteronormative relationships, but the female being the breadwinner now they're starting to say is actually like. Up, upwards of like 60% of, yeah. of working couples. So, you know, this whole patriarchal, you know, the man has to be the breadwinner, um, you know, the provider financially, like it's, it's so hindering for both people. Um, and it right. just runs so deep, you know.
0: So the other uh, layer to this is I grew up, um, I didn't, I didn't grow up rich or anything, but I, I never grew up, um you know, wondering where the next meal was gonna come from. My parents always had little businesses and uh just being the youngest, um I I, I I was enabled a lot, you know, my parents bought me designer jeans. I never went to school embarrassed to uh trade lunches. Embarrassed to trade lunches, what do you
1: mean? Yeah
0: is that a little too abstract like yeah. like your lunch is um, so bad because you're so poor that you don't want to show people what you're eating. Mm. Not so much.
1: I mean, I don't know if I, I've never heard that that visual used with somebody being poor. I, the only time I've actually ever heard that visual being used is all of my friends who are like first generation who actually were embarrassed because their their food was, you oh, know, right. culturally ethnic <laughs> there. But I've never heard it used in like poor and rich, but well,
0: I, mean, I just I just made it. it I just made it up.
1: Yeah, I'll take okay.
0: it. Okay, sometimes sometimes I'll stab and it just it won't hit hit the target. It might <laughs> miss the entire thing. Um, so, but you on the other hand, you grew up uh, without money. You grew up wondering, um, right, where where your next meal is going to come from.
1: Yeah, I mean, my mom busted our ass and and worked hard. We were never on the street, but we definitely. Um, for the first like i would say 12 years of my life single mom uh, bartending you know and and we bounced around a lot we moved every year um we i was very kind of aware of the anxiety around finances uh, that wasn't really hidden from me i'm, I'm sure mostly you know I, I don't blame my mom she was young and she didn't have a partner so i was kind of to stand in, I suppose. So I probably knew more than I should have. Um, but yeah, I mean, the anxiety around food was real. And I, I always knew that like, my dad didn't pay child support. And like, I was just always very aware of all of these things. So money has always been something um, that I have a very hard relationship with.
0: Right. And so how do you think that um, has rippled into all your relationship? And of course, you know, this one?
1: Well, I think that, you know, I I can see the direct result of it in my relationships where I've always been, um, I've always been very, uh, adamant that I will pay 50%. Hmm. Um, you know, we will split everything equally, Uh, You do not take care of me. You do not pay for things for me. Um, I'm very uncomfortable when people buy me things, you know, like Christmas gifts and stuff are one thing, but even if if it starts to get a little extravagant, that still makes me uncomfortable. Um, You know, my ex-fiance actually, when I had decided that I really wanted to start, I guess pivoting and I was very interested in kind of getting into wellness. And I decided I wanted to go for my yoga teacher training. I couldn't afford it at the time. He made Mm -hmm. more money than me which is funny because by the end of the relationship that flipped, but he offered to pay, it was like $1,200 or something. And he offered to pay for it. And I was so uncomfortable with that. And um, I said, yes, because I couldn't do it any other way. And then I actually, over the next like two years, secretly paid more than my share of our bills until I had paid him back. And I never even told him that I did that. It was just more because I couldn't internally sit with knowing that he paid for that.
0: Oh, wow. That's really interesting. So he doesn't even know until this day that you gave him an extra 1,200?
1: No, no. Because I kind of like sprinkled it in over the next couple of years. And it was just like something I just wanted to do. And I didn't want him to have paid for it for me. There was something about that, that like took away the meaning or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I never told him.
0: (laughs) So is that one thing that you are working toward? um, Allowing um, people that love and care about you to buy things for you, and also not putting the pressure on yourself to pay for half of everything. Well, I, I mean, I
1: had to, right? Because having a baby actually forced me um, into not being able to work for a certain amount of time. And so, you're the first person in my life that I've ever um, begrudgingly had to allow uh, to financially take care of me. And it's been I spent a lot of time with my therapist because I I kept my therapist all the way through pregnancy. Um, A lot of my therapy was actually around, at least in the end was a a lot of the anxiety that was coming up around that. So it's not easy for me. It's still hard for me that you still pay for the majority of our bills right now. And um, I'm still doing some work around it. I have a career coach actually, now that I'm working with. And one of the things that she talked about or we kind of got to together was, this idea that for me financial freedom is mm, how do I say this like somebody paying for me take in my mind somebody paying for me takes away my freedom I feel like it takes away my freedom
0: right well you feel like if someone pays for you then you owe them something like like if you yeah. if you didn't allow if you allowed yourself to take the the gift whatever that is a payment or whatever. Um, without attaching anything to it, you would have freedom, but you personally attach something to it and that's why you feel trapped or well, I attach you
1: worth, right? Like there's so much worth that right. I attach to money. And so it's like a direct correlation to my self-worth. So if I allow you to pay for something, then it's a it's it feels to me like I'm less than.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I think most people don't know about us except our close friends is that we're not married you know um but i actually approach our relationship like a marriage i don't approach this like we're dating i don't approach this like well you have your bills i have my i just i you know and it maybe part of it is just being korean like everything goes in a pot and and um like how can we make our lives better like how can we pay for things not i don't i don't really see it as you and i when it comes to finances
1: well and it's i think you're right i maybe there's some cultural stuff in that you know which is interesting because, um, I still look at it as like, you contribute, I contribute. I don't know that I'm ever going to be that kind of person married or otherwise that's going to be like, your money's my money. My money is your money. Um, you know, to me, it's like, we have a pot of money, but then we both actually do have money. And I, I, there's something really important to me about the feeling of financially contributing. And I, I feel like I can do a lot of work around it and I can peel back the onion and I can get into the background, but I do think that that part is always gonna be there. And so, you know, as we're recording this, I mean, that's part of my struggle right now is trying to figure out how I can get myself back to a place of feeling good about the amount that I'm contributing financially. To which, by the way, you have reminded me over and over again, as have a lot of other people and friends, that uh, incubating, growing a human, giving birth to a human and taking care of a tiny human is a lot of contribution. Uh, and yeah, for some reason, that's a really hard thing for me to, to swallow and compare. I don't know.
0: What do you think it's going to take for you to, um, not feel this way anymore or not put the pressure on yourself?
1: Financially contributing more, honestly.
0: There's no, there's no other, other way to do it other than just to do it.
1: I don't know if there is, I don't know that I've figured it out yet. I mean, I think that I can, you know, this is the thing that I, I work with a lot of clients on, right. It's like, whether it's money or anything, part of us, part of the understanding, the work that we do to understand this stuff, where it comes from, all the intricacies is not so that we can completely change it or alter it. You know, there's peace that comes from a sense of understanding. Um, And also some of this stuff is always going to be there so we can challenge ourselves and it might look different now than it did then. You know, I would never do now with you what I did with my ex. Like I would never take something from you and then like secretly pay you back. Like that's nothing I would ever do. So like I've grown a lot in the area of money, but there is I think still going to always be some remnants where it's like, no, I just I need to financially contribute to feel like I am an equal partner in this relationship like for better or worse. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know if, if how that con- contributes. It, and by the way, you do financially contribute. It's not like you don't. I mean, you have your own stuff. We have. Yeah. We have. We're working together on some projects like this podcast, but we also have our own stuff. You have your own practice. I have mine. All of that. Um, how do you think this contributes to our relationship? Because I don't I don't feel any negativity from it. It's more like you and your anxiety. I don't because I think you do a really good job of not putting anything on me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm really good at not putting anything on you, but I also think that that in itself is part of my struggle and part of my growth, right? Like as a resident codependent in the relationship, I'm super good at you not feeling any of the resentment that could potentially be there sometimes. Um, because that's my MO, right. Is keeping it all inward. I mean, I have, I I've done better at like bringing it up and saying it to you. So you know, recently um, there was something I was helping you with and basically something bubbled up and I was doing something where it like ended up being a pretty large chunk of my day that I was doing this thing. And it felt very, um, I don't know, tedious or like, it, it wasn't something that was like the best use of my time. Right. right it was, right. it was very like um, admin type work. Yeah. And um, I was I was really upset about it. It actually like really got to me and it wasn't a personal thing directed at you. It was, it was more like it was directed at myself for even like doing it, um, but then feeling trapped. So this is where the trapped comes in. Because you pay more than I do, of the bills, of the household, whatever, I feel like when things like that happen, I'm not allowed to say anything.
0: Right. What so, yeah. So what you're talking about things like, you know, changing the, the cable company or logistics that need to be done in this case, uh, changing the uh, Zoom account.
1: Yeah. Well, right. yes, but it was something that was specifically for your business right? versus for our home. There's something that's different when it's something to do with us mm-hmm. and our home than when it's you and your business. But because you pay more than I do, I don't feel like I'm allowed to say anything. And that's part of what I've been working through with my coach.
0: What would you have done differently if we could rewind time and you felt like, oh, this isn't something, this is, you know, adding the stuff that I shouldn't be doing. What would you have done differently?
1: Well, and, you know, let me clarify, like, it's not like I'm saying, oh, poo-poo, I'm too good for this work. It was just like, I've got a lot of other things going on that like, right. this can't be four hours of my day, right? Um, if I could go back and do it differently, I would have in the very beginning, said to you, you know, we do still need to do this research, because I know you you want to just throw money at the problem and been like, fuck it, I don't care. Just put it on the credit card. But I would have said, we do still need to research this thing. I don't have time to do this. Can you have your assistant help? Um and just been super clear about it and essentially done it regardless of my fear of the response which yeah. for me is always the, the issue, right? It's always the fear of the response.
0: Well, so then what happened was as, a, as the day got on and you were, you know, this was getting more of a hassle for you and you weren't getting any-, any It got bigger anywhere. than
1: it was supposed to be.
0: Right. Um, then I went in the room and I don't know what happened, but you were very angry and I, and I sensed it. And I was like, what, why are you so angry? You kind of exploded, not exploded, but then you, I think you realized how much this, this was bothering you. Yeah. And, I, and I had no idea what was going on. I, I, was, I, was, I was like, why is she throwing chairs and shit?
1: <laughs> I wish I had actually thrown chairs. That would have been a good visual, but it was not like that really. But Well,
0: that's what it felt like, the energy <laughs> of it, right? You could feel it in the room. Um, but you were definitely in a state because you were having this whole uh, inner dialogue within yourself and getting yeah. angry and fired up. And your partner, me, had no idea what's going on. And I'm walking into the <laughs> into the storm. And then and then you tell me what's going on. And now I realize, oh, that's what's going on. So now next time um, you're caught up in doing something that is, uh, you know, just admin stuff or whatever, and it it ends up taking a lot of your day. Um, And if I notice that I I have to offer like, hey, let's don't do that. Let me take care of it or I'll have someone else take care of it. And, and, you know, so you don't get angry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I, I look, I mean, I know the only one who struggles with this, right? It's like we turn, I, I always love, um, Brene Brown always says um, the story I'm telling myself is. And so sometimes when I get myself into this cycle of not speaking up and kind of stewing on things and just doing it because, you know, that's, that's the story I tell myself is like, I'll just do it because nobody else is going to do it and they're not going to do it the way I'll do it, right? It's like, this whole um i'm on my own story uh but the story i'm telling myself is is where it, i have to look at myself and go okay you're taking this one nugget which is you are doing this one errand right and now it's created an entire dialogue in my head an entire story in my head around um you know john doesn't value time uh you know i'm i trapped because i'm not putting money into this relationship like or into like kind of the bills or whatever like that way um so because of that i'm not allowed to say anything i don't have a voice i feel suffocated i feel trapped and then all of a sudden it's catastrophizing right Right, all of a sudden it's become this whole thing in my head um, that i'm carrying around whereas if in the beginning i had just said something regardless of my fear um we could have figured it out together but that part that we could have figured it out together is so new for me that I still that's not my go-to. Like my assumption is.
0: What's your I'm go-to? Gonna, I'm going to fix this by myself.
1: Because I have to. That's my go-to because mm. because the other person is going to, you know, I'm going to get retaliated against basically, um, and so because I'm not used to somebody not doing that. <laughs> I have to. It, it, this is a lot of the un- re- unwiring and rewiring that I'm working on.
0: Yeah. You know what's funny is Vanessa just texted me. Um, your your ice is loud, <laughs> and I could hear. In I could hear your chair. I could hear. I know. Your... I
1: actually just dropped the phone.
0: <laughs> and 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 also, by the way, uh, this noise. Oh God. That is that for me is on brand, baby. Ugh. Yeah. It's It's all part of the show. It's on
1: brand for you. And for me, there's like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And whatever's happening for you, when you hear my eyes, that is your responsibility.
1: Well, it's actually not, it's our producer's responsibility. And so then I just kind of feel bad for Emily because now she's got to mess with your levels.
0: Well, that's you being codependent. And and also it's not her responsibility (laughs) because I like the ice. It's part of this whole thing. And And this is why sometimes we record episodes on our phone where we're driving somewhere. It's uh. It's, uh, I mean, it is our podcast, but at least my side of the bed is that way. And, uh, and your side is not, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So going back to this thing, and I think it's really important because, um, it's, you know, this is our example, but I, I think so many people can relate to this on, on different levels. Um, money and relationships, uh, it's usually the number one or number two thing that, that, uh, break people up. Yeah. You know, and I know, um, Oh, man, early on, uh, and this is one thing I really appreciate about you. Uh, when, when I was married, I almost felt like uh, she was my mom and that I had to ask for permission to like go out and eat. Or um, I make this joke about, um, I think I even put it in my book, that uh, um, I was asking for permission to buy sugar cereal because mm-hmm. she, she ate a lot of healthy stuff. Um, and I remember that's that contributed to the dynamic of the relationship of me uh, going from her mouth to her nipple, you know, uh, from partner to child or son. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the money dynamic is important because it also can affect the relationship dynamic, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And also I think the money dynamic is important because a lot of people um, can uh, abuse the relationship by using money as leverage and and i see this happen with a lot of moms which i think is horrible because uh, mothers are raising uh, their their children and then the husband um because he's the one that's uh, the breadwinner uh holds the the paycheck over the the wife's head mm mm-hmm. that kind of stuff i think happens all the time and then over the years um she becomes more and more powerless you know Um, and that whole dynamic. So there could be control involved, like all of that. And I think it it can, it can be toxic. So, you know, ultimately what's important is that, uh, you know, just going back to us communicating.
1: Yeah. And, you know, as you're saying that I'm thinking, uh, and this isn't necessarily something, well, actually, no, we did have conversations. What I was going to say is what I'm realizing is how important it is to set the stage before you have kids, because, And I I guess I wouldn't have known because I had never been a mother before, but I I really was, I think a little naive in, oh, I really am not going to be working or making money. Like that's a thing, right? Um, Now I'm not in corporate anymore. So it wasn't like before where I would have been getting, you know, something. But I think the point that I'm making is the importance of having that conversation before kids come into the picture, because even if you are the strongest most self-sufficient woman on the planet the bottom line is physically having kids does a number on you mentally yeah, emotionally of right and I don't care if you're Superwoman. there's only a certain amount of quickness that you can bounce back with. And I think if you guys have a conversation ahead of time, lay that groundwork, um, you're setting yourself up for a lot less resentment. Now you and I did have a couple conversations about it, which came out of my therapy, right? So thank God I was in therapy because I wouldn't have talked with you about it probably at all had I not been and had she not been pushing me um, and us kind of workshopping what that sounded like. But you know, we don't grow up talking about money. Money is such a taboo conversation too in our culture that I I think that adds into it. So I don't know, Uh, that was a little rambly, but I guess my whole point is, is just realizing the importance actually of having the conversation before you're in the midst of it. Um, I think that that could help so much.
0: What do you think is my work and what do you think is your work moving forward with us and money? Or do you even think it's a problem? I mean, I wouldn't say a problem, but to, to, uh, I I guess, um, as people say, um, um, uh, what is it, what is it called when you, when you work on something so it doesn't become a problem? Maintenance?
1: Yeah. It could be maintenance. It's like maintaining a car, right? So it doesn't break down.
0: Yeah. So what do you think that looks like for both of us with this issue?
1: Um, I think for me, it's continually checking in with myself and being fiercely honest, um, And committing to being honest with you uh, and verbalizing what's coming up for me, even if um, it's scary and hard and I and I'm worried about what the response is going to be, you know, because I think part of my codependency shows up in I need to um, I need to put whatever it is that I'm going to say to you. If it's going to be a tough conversation, it's not only about my fear of what you're going to say back, but it's like I the idea of guilt in saying something that might hurt your feelings, that might make you feel bad, that might make you feel uncomfortable. I'm so wired and trained uh, to try to couch everything in niceties and like work it all out as much as I can before I actually give it to you that by the time I actually say anything to you, if I say anything to you at all, it's so stripped of most of its authenticity Mm
0: -hmm. because I'm trying
1: to protect you.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Versus just being super honest and being like, you know, when this happens, like I I feel trapped, even if that makes you uncomfortable, even if that makes you be like, "What?" like trapped, I'm not making you feel trapped, you know, whatever your response is. The point is, is I'm being authentic and I'm communicating what's coming up for me to you so that we can sit together and and be in the vulnerability of like, I don't know, my reality.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's hard for me in all conversations. Money's just one of them.
0: Yeah. What do you think um, is mine? Or what would you want from me?
1: Um, to just continue to be a safe space that I can bring those conversations to. Ooh, I just got yeah. emotional.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, that's. I think that's. Um, and you know, I fall fall short a lot, but uh, if I'm aware of it, I always want want to pr- provide that for you. You know, I think that's important. Um, also, being a father now, um, I think it's important to provide that space for not only you, but for also for Logan. Yeah. I like that, um, you're not critical with me with money. Um, like usually big things we, we do, you know, have discussions about, like, for example, if we're going to buy a new car or something big, but you know, the little things like me going out and getting, um, um, whatever, a meal, a pair of shoes, you know, things that I, 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 have never heard you, um say that's a waste of money or you spend too much or you know if i'm buying let's say i buy some parts for my motorcycle stuff like that um and i don't know if if that would change if you felt like you contributed more or if that's just how you are
1: Mm. yeah i mean you know you know how i am like i i'll walk around literally Mm. this is an example uh with sneakers that are actually falling apart before I spend, you know, God forbid well, I spend $200 on a pair of sneakers. You have to buy them for me. Well,
0: well, this is why our, this is why our loofahs are so tiny. You got, you got the 49 cent, you got the 49 no, cent loofah. This
1: is all they had where I bought
0: No, 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 Let's be honest. You got, you got That's the, true. you got the 49 cent loofah. There, there's no way those loofahs are more than a dollar. They're the size of a uh, quarter. I just
1: happened to be – listen, I knew we no. needed loofahs. I happened to be at World Market. That's all they had, so I grabbed them. That's it. I swear well, to God there was no more thinking. put <laughs> it
0: I would have I would have bought the overpriced loofahs where you would have been like, John, you just spent $15 on a fucking loofah. <laughs> you buy the $49. So you know, we do have a difference there, yeah. but um, what I appreciate is in other relationships where there was a difference, I got scolded if I bought something like – you know, I don't know, a thousand dollar thing that I put on my motorcycle or a pair of shoes that were a couple hundred dollars. Um, But I feel like with you, uh, you don't say much to me on what I spend. Um, I mean, I
1: would if it was if I felt it was something ridiculous.
0: Well, yeah, if I came home in a Bentley, you would say something like
1: I think now, especially now that we have a kid, like if you if you dropped like a couple grand on something, without, and you know what I think it is. I think the reason why I don't say anything is because you've never done anything like that without us having a conversation first. And I'm not saying a conversation, like you're asking my permission because you don't need to. And it's not about that, but like, we don't have the kind of relationship where you just like come home with a thousand dollar thing on your motorcycle. Like we talk about everything. So I would know that you were going to spend a thousand dollars on your motorcycle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which feels different. Like there's, that feels like Not that I do have anything to say about it, but it feels like there's room for me to say something should I want to say something about it versus like you sneaking. Then it feels like sneaky if you just like come home and you've magically spent $1,000.
0: So I just realized what I need to work on. And maybe we can end with this since you uh, told me what you want need to work on. As you're saying this, I'm feeling that one day I may come home with new shocks or something that costs three grand and might not have told you and I think I'd be defensive because I'd feel like you know most of my life I had to ask for permission to buy things like sugar cereal and after that I promised myself that I'm not going to ask for permission as long as I make my own money I could buy whatever the fuck I want and so that and that I'm not saying that that's right but I would be very um I would probably feel myself being defensive because you're you're um coming into a territory where, I, where it was triggering, you know what I'm saying? Where I felt like, um, okay, here's someone, you know, telling me I can't buy sugar cereal again,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or I can't go to in and out or I can't, you know, I eat out way too much. And so that's something that I think I have to look at and not panic or get defensive. If you're like John, those shoes are
1: $800. Well, right. And I think what's interesting is that what I just said, I looked at it such a positive thing. And from what I just said, you just went, oh boy, that's like a triggering place for me. Like I just said, I like the fact that you seem honest about things because it gives space for conversation should conversation feel warranted. You not opening it up to conversation to me feels sneaky.
0: Well, no, I'm scared that one day I won't ask you.
1: No, but you don't ask me. That's what I'm saying. You've never asked me nor do I want you to ask me, I don't ever want it to be that you're asking me permission. What I'm saying is that we talk about it just because by nature of our relationship, we talk about everything. And so in conversation, it just always feels like there is space for us to talk about it, should I feel like we need to talk about it. But if that were taken away and you just all of a sudden came home with something, first of all, that would feel very different than the use. So I would raise an eyebrow, but it would feel sneaky. So I wonder too, does the sneakiness contribute to the mothering?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Do you know, know what I'm saying like, does yeah. this,
1: I don't know. I don't know. Just
0: I, I, I i wouldn't come home with a brand new car. No, I wouldn't, I, know, I wouldn't I come home. Would do that. Yeah. Or I wouldn't come home with a, a set of keys uh, that, uh, that, you know, that, 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 uh, uh, that opens a, uh, the door of a brand new house. Right. Um, we're talking about, just personal things, and so when I when I think about my motorcycle, I think that's a personal thing, even though it's technically a vehicle. You don't—that's not your thing. It's my toy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but anything where it's like a car or something we share, or any kind of big ticket item, um, of course, there's conversation because I, I wouldn't be able to hide it.
1: <laughs> well, I hope that's not the reason why there's conversation.
0: <laughs> well, because it it, it, it it affects involves um, all of both of us. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, guys, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed uh, this conversation or if it was helpful for you, um, this is a big topic, money and love. Um, yeah, share it with a friend or um, let us know what you think.
1: Yeah, like, rate, write a review, subscribe, all the things.
0: Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that, lifetime support, and business development, ICF certified. Just go to the my website, and click on become a coach and explore the journey coaching intensive. See you in class.